Hi, I'm Damon Frank, and you're listening to The Recovered Life Show. Every week, we bring you a Recovered Life discussion all about how to get unstuck in areas of your sobriety that are keeping you from living your best recovered life. Remember, addiction is a life-threatening condition, and the information in this discussion is provided as a resource only and is not to be used or relied upon for any diagnostic or treatment purposes. This is not a substitute when professional diagnosis or treatment is needed. Now, let's jump into the discussion. Okay, guys, welcome to Recovered Life Discussions. This is the Unstuck Room. We meet every week and we talk about how to get unstuck in an area of your recovery. If you are suffering from alcoholism, if you're recovered from alcoholism, if you are recovered from drug addiction, uh, any kind of addiction, really, codependency, we have a lot of people that uh, follow uh, the discussions that suffer from codependency, eating disorders, any type of addiction that you might have, this room, I think you're going to be able to resonate with it. You know, a lot of people have stacked addictions. They may come into recovery through alcoholism and find out that, you know, they have a gaming disorder. They've got, you know, they're, they're addicted to their phone. So that's what we talk about here in the Unstuck Room every week. We talk about, we take an area of recovery that we might feel stuck in, that I've probably felt stuck in, and we kind of dissect it a little bit. We dive deep into it. And by the end of the time together, we're trying to achieve getting a little less unstuck. One of the things that I've learned from uh, doing this discussion for several months now is most of the times in life when I am stuck, I am stuck because of myself, not a people, place, or thing. And that's the thing that makes this room and this discussion really interesting. I'm joined today by my co-mod, Anne. How you doing today, Anne? Good morning. I am fabulous. <laughs> Love being here as always, Damon. Happy to be here. Well, I'm thrilled that you're here. We're, we have a really good topic today. And, um, you know, it was my actual recovery goal for the year, which was have some fun, be happy, right? Have some fun, be happy. People say, wow, Damon, that's, uh, that's a little, uh, it's a little shallow for somebody who's a recovery coach to have just be happy, right? Uh, in that, but you know what? I've found that over the decades of myself being sober, uh, that happiness wasn't always present. I was sober. I was doing the deal. I would have glimpses of being happy, but I didn't really have fun in my happiness, you know? And if you guys are in the recovered life, uh, if you guys are members of recovered life, We've switched over to our new volley group. And if you haven't received a uh, invitation, I'll send that to you. But I have a little thing on there called the daily drink. And I put that out today about what I carve time out for myself to be happy. And it's so important. It's so, so, so important to carve time out for yourself to be happy. And I would put myself last. You know, in the entrepreneur world, they say, pay yourself first. Uh, many times in my recovery, I would pay myself last when it came to unhappiness, or I would not pay myself at all and write an IOU. The IOU basically said, hey, at some other future time, 
when I have this or I obtain this goal or I purchase this thing or these people will ha are happy with me, I then will be happy, right? And uh, we know that that is a flaw. Anytime that we have to put a people, place, and thing in front of our recovery, we know that that is a, it's, it's doomed to fail. So that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about, we're talking about happiness. We're talking about, are you happy? If you're not happy, why are you not happy? And what are you going to do about it? We're going to, we're going to listen to you guys, but we're also going to share some, you know, some tips about how to get, about how to get happy, how to start enjoying your life. And I got to ask you, um, what has been your path with happiness? Oh, gosh, uh, Damon, that's a loaded question. <laughs> now, you know what? It's very interesting as I looked at the topic for today. Um, I've actually been in this conversation, even in my uh, in my work as well. One of the things that uh, we're looking at, you know, the what I call a lifestyle declaration. And it's like, what do you want for your life? What's going to make you happy, right? What, uh, you know, what will make you happy? It's, it's not just in recovery. It's everybody on the planet. Uh, we, we make choices of, you know, what makes us happy. And the thing is, it keeps changing, you know, depending on what's going on. And uh, so it's, it's always being mindful. And, you know, I think the most important thing is actually thinking about asking the question and answering instead of being an autopilot or what we think is going to make us happy or what somebody else is doing. We see them being happy. Oh, if I do that, I'll be happy, which I did, which I did while I was out there because I didn't really know who I was. I was so busy being everybody else, uh, the chameleon. And as we've, we've shared in this room before, it was like, oh, this is going to make me happy. It just go and go, go, go and get it. And I, nope, that's not it. And so when the question of happiness comes in, it's really more of an internal work. And, I, and I'll share with you the four areas that we look at. And again, this isn't just people in recovery. You know, it's everybody on the planet has challenges with this unless we take time to really ask and answer those questions. So I'm going to come over back over to you here, Damon, and I know this is going to be an awesome discussion. Well, I can't wait. I can't wait for this discussion. And thank you for your perspective there. You know, um, here's a couple things about happiness that you tapped on that I wanted to kind of start the discussion with. And again, uh, if you guys are interested in, in, in speaking and joining the discussion, I think that's what makes this special. It's not just me up talking about it or Ann talking about it. It's you guys participating. So please feel free to raise your hand. Uh, we would ask you that you fo follow Recovered Life, you know, follow Recovered Life uh, on Clubhouse here. And if you want to put a little note into the chat, that's totally fine too. If you feel, you know, a little shy about coming up, but want to ask a question, totally fine with that. So we're going to be going back and asking what you guys have to say about uh, ab about happiness. I am going to throw this out there because you tapped on something, Anne, that I think is very, very important. And one of the things is you have to know what you want. And I'm going to tell you, as you know, I do a lot of high performance coaching. Um, you know, I, uh, I I've had a wild ride in my recovery, right? I've been all over the place in my recovery. I've been the guy at the very top, you know, on the red carpet. And I've been the guy, uh, 
you know, almost homeless surf couching, you know, couch surfing, right? Uh, trying to find a place to stay. So I've been all over. I've been all over the place. And um, what I found is is that my uh, during my journey, my happiness wasn't really pinned to a people, place, and thing. Really, if I'm going to be honest about it, it wasn't. It's not associated to I got this, I did this. Now I'm going to be the first to say, look, if I have to go to the grocery store. I'd rather drive in an $85,000 car uh, than walk. Okay, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to pretend that I, I don't enjoy nice things. I do enjoy nice things. I, I, think it's, I think it's great to have nice things and to achieve things. And I spend a lot of time doing that in my life, right? But is it going to make me happy? No. Happiness really, uh, it, you know, for me is a consciousness. It's a state of mind. And you have to boil down really what you want. And Anne tapped on this here. This is so crucial. What I found in the work that I do in high-performance coaching, you know, I'm dealing with people who are either in the business world, you know, they're in the recovery world, or they're making, you know, maybe they're making a transition in recovery. And I will tell you whether you have 20, 30, 40, 50 years, or whether you have five years, or whether you have five minutes, uh, most of the suffering, um, most of the suffering that I see in recovery uh, from people in recovery are people not being able to clearly identify what they want. And what happens is there is a state of uncomfortableness. There's a state of I'm going to call dis-ease because, because people feel that they're not getting what they want, but in reality, they don't know what they want, but they're happy they're not getting, they're unhappy because they're not getting it. Now, if you're listening to this phrase, you're saying, well, that's insanity, David. How could you be unhappy that you're not getting what you want, but you really don't know what you want? Well, welcome to the world of recovery. <laughs> This happens a lot. I think it happens more for us. And I'm, I'm going to tell you why. I think, you know, a lot of us have escaped a future that would have been, um, let's just say, not great, right? It wouldn't have been fulfilling if we went down the path that we were going down. And what happens is a lot of times we, we get sober and we say, hey, you know what? It's just, I'm just glad that I'm sober. And I am just glad that I'm sober sometimes, right? Um, and we just stop there, right? But we see all these other things going on and we feel we need something. And look, recovered people have, uh, people that have recovered from addiction have one thing in common. We understand what a craving is, right? And we will crave and desire things beyond drugs, alcohol, uh, sex, uh, gambling, um, food, right? Beyond that, we'll just, we'll have a disease. I'm not getting what I want, but I don't know what I want. It makes it, it makes it worse, right? So constantly what I see is people that are around in recovery that are, uh, that are roaming around unhappy that they're not getting what they don't know what they want, that, that they want. And this is just a, this is just a common thing. And so I think to become clear about what you want is going to align yourself with happiness. And we're going to get into that a little bit about how do you do that 
How do you do that? You might be sitting there and go, yeah, that sounds great, Damon, but how in the heck do you do that, right? How do you move from not knowing what you want to trying to figure out what you want? And um, real quick, a little perspective from you. Does that ring a bell? Do you find that most people in recovery, a lot of them are unhappy that they're not getting what they don't know that they want? Yeah, yeah, totally. And uh, if we focus on, you know, people in recovery, a lot of it, I think, at least from my experience of being, you know, in recovery for over 30 years, 32 plus, and um, I've, I've had the blessing of working with a lot of people. And that's very common. And, and what happens a lot of times is that as children, we were not really given the tools, resources, support, whatever it was to be able to make decisions. Um, as far as what makes us happy. Uh, usually we end up doing or being, uh, you know, whatever it is that we need to be to make our parents happy, or the friends, teachers, whatever it is, somehow, somehow we don't get that what we feel, what we think is really the most important thing. We're like, oh, I have to become that to be accepted, to be to be in a, in a cool group or to be, to get attention from mom or dad who may have their own issues, you know, with their own isms. So a lot of us don't really know that, you know, oh, we're supposed to take time and think about what do I want? How do I feel about it? We're in, we're in auto, you know, auto mode of being. And so that, that, that in itself is like self-perpetuating. If you don't know what you want, then how do you know you have it to even be happy? So if you don't know what you want, how do you know to go get it to be happy? And a lot of times we don't, you know, at least in my case, it was like, I think that's going to make me happy because I saw somebody else, then they looked like they were happy. I was like, well, if I do that, I'll be happy like them. And so again, it's, it's like, it's this self-perpetuating, you know, a spiral that happens. And until we actually stop and, and think about it, and here's, here's the cool thing about this, right? It's really not that complicated. There are really, you know, every problem that we have, every challenge that we have falls under money, health, or relationships right? If we have money challenges, we're stressed, we get sick, we, you know, whatever it is, we have money challenges, we end up having arguments with our partners. And if we, if we're sick, the money goes out the window. If we're sick, we can't spend quality time with our loved ones, the relationships suffer. And if the relationship is suffering, then money goes out the window, whatever divorce or whatever is, or maybe we're not working the way we should. So we're not making enough money and relationship is suffering, we're stressed, health goes out the window. So this is a perpetual mechanism that works all the time. It's really hard to balance because one is always triggering the other. Now, here's the other thing. If we're not spiritually centered, that means really getting in touch with who we are, with our higher power, whatever we call our higher power, we don't really have the security, you know, for me, for me, when I'm centered, when I'm meditating, praying, whatever it is, I know, I know my God has my back, you know? So that in itself is like, no matter what I'm feeling, I'm like, you know, I, 
my higher power has my back. It's going to be okay. And having that gives me enough space to calm down and say, okay, what's going on with this? What do I want? What can I do? So that's the first step, being able to understand that until you really get centered with who you are, get with your spiritual core. So you're listening to that whisper, you know, and knowing the whisper in my head, I know when it's a loud voice, that's, that's me <laughs> trying to, try, trying to, you know, really impose my will. But when there's this soft, comfortable, um, empowering voice that I have to just like slow down to listen that's my higher power talking to me. And we all have this. We all have this intuition within us, this connection. We all have it. We just don't know how to listen to it. So anyways, I'm going to stop there. Uh, but I do know that um, there is a process that I go through to be able to identify what do I want in each one of these areas. Because if we don't separate them and really get clear, what do I want in money or health or relationships, spiritual, my spiritual life, it never get resolved. And so that's, that's, again, going back to what I call the lifestyle declaration, because once we understand what we want, what's going to make us happy, then, then it just becomes, uh, it, it's just, it's, oh, it just takes a life of its own. It's just <laughs> so beautiful to watch. Over to you there, David. I love that. And, you know, you know, one of the things that you'd mentioned earlier when you spoke was what I'm going to call all or nothing thinking. We think we're going to pick something when we're 25 or 16 years old or 50 years old or 75 years old. That one thing is going to make us happy. And then we achieve that one thing. And then we find out, yeah, we're happy for a while, but that fades. And so one of the things I've defined with what is going to make you happy is that might shift and that this all or nothing thinking that people in addiction have, that's what we call black and white thinking. It's either this or it's that. There's no gray area. And I'm going to tell you guys, most of recovery is living in the gray area. Besides, did I drink or did I not drink? That's pretty black and white. Everything else is in the gray area. And anybody that tells you different, um, I, I would question that. Because the fact of the matter is, it's a, it's, recovery is an individual thing, right? We're all on a journey together, yes, but it is an individual thing. It means different things to different people. People want different things. So the thing with happiness that I find that the big key is, is that you really have to define it and go deeper than, look, I want this or I want that. You know, one of the ways that I see this in coaching, I'm going to tell you this. And this is this happened in my life, you know. Well, I I like to share about what's happened with me. <clears throat> One because it's 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 true, and two because it's the real deal, right? I'm not making anything up. I actually went through several decades of recovery. I'm still going through it, and I've struggled with a lot of stuff, and I'm open with it. And I've had a lot of successes too. But there were times in my life what would make what made me happy was having huge business successes. And I had huge business successes, right? And right now I'm going through a time in my life where I don't have massive business successes. But really, and I started to get upset about it. And I have some, right? But not to the level that I used to have. And I realized that one of the things that was prevalent in my life 
was that I'm spending a lot of time. I have a teenage daughter who does sports. I'm spending a lot of time with her. And she needs a lot of attention right now just because of things that she's doing in her life. She needs support, you know, driving her around and spending time and helping her with certain things. And I started to kind of gear my life over the last couple of years because it's only going to be maybe for another six to eight more months, right? That, that she's really going to need me to do this. So there was a year and a half, two year period here where I wasn't as dynamic and bold as I used to be in certain areas, right? And, but what I found was, is I thought, well, no, that's going to make me happy. But when I really started to get quiet, do a little meditation, let it sit down. And I said, you know what? This is a time that I'm only going to have. I'm only going to have this time once. This is only going to be during this period of time. What would make me happy was not the latest, greatest car. It would be able to trade some of that time I used to spend on those, you know, 20 hour days or whatever, 18 hour days to spend it with her, helping her achieve her goals. Right. So that made me happy. That is what I wanted. So I, I geared my life around that now. But here's the thing, six months from now, I'm not going to still be doing that, right? Because things change. Now, we know this, that, you know, recovered alcoholics aren't good with letting go. Like letting go isn't really in our vocabulary. So being able to do this, being able to separate yourself from this all or nothing thinking to say, you know what, in this time in my life, this is what's going to make me happy. Now, I love business. Ann knows I love business. We're involved in stuff together. I'm going to dive in. I'm starting to dive into bigger businesses and really ramp that up as well. And I'll maybe we'll go back to doing that because that's what makes me happy, right, in that time of my life. But I had to be honest with myself. Instead of saying, ah, oh, beating myself up for not doing this or not doing that, that's not my priority. My priority at this time in my life is to, yes, I got to do things to pay the bills and all this other stuff, but the priority in this time in my life is to spend this time with my daughter, right? So that is about building a life in recovery. Um, and that is an important thing, knowing what you want, knowing that that thing can shift, knowing that people, places, and things don't make you happy, experiences tend to make you happy. The final thing I'm going to say, Ann, before we bring people up here, is one of the things that I think is important too, when you're trying to get happy in your life, is I think you have to work at happiness. I was somebody who's not, you know, I, I have to book out an hour. I booked out a half an hour this morning and I did my little daily drink episode on the Recovered Life uh, members area uh, and people will start to respond to that. Uh, but I just enjoyed my garden. I have a garden and I just enjoyed that my lettuce was coming up and that my tomato plants were growing. And I spent some time just enjoying some things that I had created and being happy in the moment, not trying to say, well, you know, when the when the cabbage I planted comes in or the eggplant I when I fed come in, then I'll be happy. No, I'm going to be happy with the imperfection in the here and now. Uh, so that's all I really have on this. And do you have any final thoughts before we bring people up to the stage? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, please invite, invite people. I, I'm, I'm excited to hear what they have to say. And what you just described, 
that's exactly what this is about. Taking a look at the time that you have with your daughter, that's more important than anything else right now because you cannot duplicate that. And, you know, it, the, the one thing that um, I want everybody to think about, and um, we all have had glimpses of total contentment, even if it's like a, a minute or whatever. It doesn't have to be, you know, months and years. You know, that, that space in time when we feel content, uh, we feel peaceful, uh, we feel bliss. Like, it's almost like everything is as it should be. Maybe it's a moment when you're just looking at the sunset or holding your, you know, partner's hand or hugging your baby, whatever it may be. It's like, Mm, this is just so perfect. Everything is aligned. That feeling we can actually uh, have more often if we're more intentional doing what you're talking about, Damon. You know, when you're sitting there watching your daughter compete in her sport, or maybe when you're driving and you're, you know, it's a moment, you know, in a car, you look at her and she's happy or she's nervous or whatever is going on. You're like, it's just the two of us. Isn't this beautiful? Let's take a mental movie here, right? And I'm all about video, so I have to bring in the video. But here's here's the thing. I just want to say quickly the the basically the formula. Okay, start with gratitude. Okay, and for me, it's thank you, God, for all that I am. And that includes everything I've gone through. It includes my character defects and my assets and, you know, all of that. Thank God for all that I am and all that I have. Whatever I have is a gift. Every day is a gift. And who I am, all the uniqueness, all the all the scars and all the blessings, all the beautiful experiences, they make me unique. Nobody else on the planet has that. Starting with that puts me in a really good space. Even the, the learning opportunities, those are things that we use to help each other, you know? So we connect with each other. I know that if I didn't have other people share their stories when I came in, you know, and if, if I didn't say, oh my God, I'm not the only one. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you. You get me. If I did not have that, I don't know that I would have stuck around. So it was because somebody else had had that horrific experience or that painful memory, whatever it may be, it empowered me because they shared it with me. So I use it to empower and share with others, to connect with others. So each one of us has that. Now, the other thing is too, and a lot of times because, you know, I'm all about business growth and things, uh, people are like, I want money. Okay, great. You want money. What do you want the money for? Nobody makes money just for the sake of making money, right? We make money, uh, you know, well, how much money do you need to have sitting there to make you happy and feel, you know, safe, if you will. But we make money to spend money on things that make us happy or we think they're going to make us happy. So if that's the case, okay, uh, is it uh, you want money so you can spend more time with your family, you know, take them uh, to places and give them experiences that, you know, that you want to give them. Okay, so that's building your relationship. How much money do you need to do the things you want to do with your family to feel like you're happy with them. Or maybe it's for health. You want to take some time to, I don't know whether it's buying organic food or going to a health spa for a, for a month to get whatever you want. Well, how much money does that cost? 
you know, or if it's a spirituality, you know, I don't know. I want to go to ashrams in India. Well, if I go there, how, how long am I going to be there? How much is it going to cost? How are my bills going to be paid while well, I'm not making money? So once we break it down and say, okay, what do I want money for? And how is it going to make me happy? When we break it down and ask those questions, all of a sudden it's not so complicated as to what makes us happy. And it's all about breaking it down, asking the question, answering the question honestly. For me, that's what it is. Because when it's all of it is jumbled up together, uh, my, my brain can't handle it. It's short circuits and I'm like, I can't do this. But when I break it down and ask simple questions, what do I really want? And I listen to myself, yeah, it's doable. Anyway, so I'm gonna hand it back over to you, Damon. And I would love to hear what, you know, what our friends in the room have to say about all this. Love to learn. Absolutely, guys, if you'd like to come up, look, Recovered Life Discussions is really about you guys. It's really about you having the discussion with us. You know, we're here, but it's really about you, about what you think about the different topics. Uh, here are the rules. Uh, basically, just be kind, be nice, be loving if you're commenting about someone else. And also, we'd like you to be nice and loving if you're commenting about yourself as well. Uh, also, if you could just use people's first name, this is re-recorded and used here on Clubhouse uh, for people to listen to at a later time and our podcast. So please just use your first names unless you're referring to myself and you can call me whatever you like, but you have to be kind about it. <laughs> All right, guys, so we'll start bringing people up on the discussion. I did wanna, while we do this, I did wanna uh, discuss with Anne, you know, uh, this is such a crucial area. I see so many people in recovery get stuck here. And, you know, I'm going to say the first thing I, I got stuck here, you know, because what happens is, is that they have no life. Uh, you know, an addiction cripples you. Um, by some random miracle, we get sober and then we create a life and that life turns out to be big and then that life takes over. You know, I was, I said yesterday in uh, the Recovered Life community about how important it is to put recovery first. And that really helps us, I think, stay on track to putting what's really going to make us happy at the forefront. So we have some people that have joined the discussion. Corey, good to see you. How you doing? Uh, talk with us about being happy. Are you happy? What did you do to get happy? Oh, sorry, I was having trouble getting my mic off. Um, I don't know, happiness is it well it comes and it goes. Um But I know that like I mean well, I wasn't really gonna talk, but then I got invited twice to talk, so I wasn't gonna say no twice. Um and happiness is actually speaking in these groups. Especially learning of the uh, co-occurring disorders that I have and and going way back, uh, finally facing the things that have kept me unhappy um, at a deeper level than, than what I show. You know, it's, it's, it's been interesting, but I am finding happiness and, and, you know, speaking of money and, you know, in times when I guess I would consider 
my past successful when I was working in really big houses for my own business and I could afford the things that made me happy. Kayaks, nice cars, uh, you know, I could add on, do add-ons on my house to make my wife happy. Um, you know, things that, that from my upbringing and my core belief systems make me a man um, by doing all that I, I can. And I'm, you know, I'm going through a lot of inner turmoil right now um, because, you know, at the core of, of, many years of, of being a, a painting contractor which which kind of makes one a people pleaser <laughs> um and and attempting different routes to be more of a team player and not just rely on myself which takes me back to drinking um it, it's been tough and, and and especially this last week but i know at the core of me with the decision that i made like, I, I think it was access that I know my higher powers got me because at the core of me, I feel I'm doing the right choices. I, I stayed away from these groups for like a week and a half or two, um, making a decision. I, I'm living in a place that I really, when, when I was going to leave it, I thought maybe at the end of the summer soonest. I didn't think that I would at all be looking forward because I've never been in such a place, a place that I've created so much. Well, it's been a long time. And... You know, I started a new relationship with someone that it just seems like I've known for a very long time. It, it's, it's, you know, I, I believe in the miracles that, that happen, um, that can happen. I, I've never experienced them before, but I am for the first time. And I'm really looking forward to, to moving out of the place that's had the best view and I've done some of the best, uh, you know, I, I was very happy to be here alone on my 50th birthday because I knew it was the best place I've ever been where I'm supposed to be. And, um, I am finding happiness, you know, saying all this, I'm really happy. I'm a little worried about my future with work, but I, I know my higher powers got me and that's what I know of happiness at the moment. Corey, thank you so much. Uh, that really honest and heartfelt share. I, I, I love that. Um, you know, I, I, I love knowing, you know, that, that the thing that you mentioned that I really resonated to is, is knowing that you're in the right place. I think that that's part of it. I think one of the most unhappy times I've ever been in recovery is when I had a lot of stuff, but like Ann said, I started to lose the gratitude. Um, and I'll share on that a little bit later about how gratitude brought me back there. But how you mentioned it's like you knew that you're in the right place at this time. That is so important. And when I look back and the things that make me happy is knowing that I'm in the right place around the right people is really uh, that brings a lot of joy to me. Uh, Chelsea, so good to see you. Always want to hear what you have to say. Uh, we're talking about happiness. Are you happy, Chelsea? What do you do to get happy? I'm generally a pretty happy person, um, but it, it gets, it's kind of up and down for me as well. Like I have bipolar two disorder. Um, so like recently I've been kind of like, I was definitely down in the dumps and a little depressed and I, but I knew, you know, kind of knowing with bipolar, like I kind of didn't read too much into it. Um, cause there was really nothing going on, um, that should have that, you know, 
should have caused a depression. So I just kind of looked at it like I'm bipolar. I'm going to have ups and downs. Um, I'm going to get through it. Um, but for me also, you know, cause I work the 12 steps, um, in AA and like, for me, like it really does help me to dive back into, um, you know, that kind of work and, um, you know, service work and that kind of stuff to get my mind kind of out of, like off of myself. Um, to like think of myself a little less. Cause like when I'm in it, it's, it just consumes me and I can go, you know, down like a Chelsea rabbit hole of thoughts. And, um, I don't know, like recently I picked up a couple service positions at my, uh, home group. Um, like I'm opening the doors on Tuesdays and Thursdays and like I picked up, I'm chairing on Thursday nights now and, um, I just got asked to speak and it's usually when I'm in a weird spot that I always get asked to like share my story. Um, it's like the universe or my higher power has like, um, like, you know, like a sense of humor. Um, but I kind of have been through so many ups and downs over the past seven years that I know now that when I'm down, like I will get through it. It's just like, uh, I can't like, I just can't sit in it. And a lot of times like I, I have to like really protect the things that I'm consuming. Um, when I'm in those states, like I can't listen to sad music. I can't watch sad documentaries. I can't watch like, you know, um, intense shows. Like I like, uh, like last weekend I was super sick. I had, um, food poisoning. So to like, to add to the sadness, I was like physically sick. Um, and I don't know. Like I, I had on a new girl the whole time just to like make me feel better because like I couldn't watch, you know, like Breaking Bad or like anything like intense. Um, I put on like happy music, you know, cause it gets me moving and I dance and, um, like it gets me out of bed in the morning. I literally like every morning I put on like a, like a peppy song to get myself out of bed. And like it works. Even when I'm in like the depths of my depression, like I can either sit there in silence and like want to sleep all day, or I know I can put on a happy song and get my feet moving and like get out of bed. So like, there's like different things, um, different techniques. Um, so like, I don't know. Um, it's, it's definitely, it's hard work for me to maintain, like it's, it's like impossible, I think, to maintain like happiness 1000% of the time. And like a lot of times in my head, I feel a lot of pressure um, because I am a generally happy person. And like in my head, it's like, I'm not allowed to be, you know, like I'm not allowed to be uh, like, in any other mood other than happy. But I think that's also like all in my head. Um, so yeah, there's just like little things that I do to protect my peace. 
Um, but it's, it's up and down for me a lot of the time. So I don't know. It's, um, but I'm happy today. So. <laughs> Thank you so much, Chelsea. That's great. Yeah. Being happy in the here and now, you know, I, uh, one of the things I love about uh, about you is you are an optimistic person, right? Like I could just tell by your voice and anytime that I ever hear you speak, I feel better, right? Like, and so you, you know, you mean well, you do well and you take great action. And I think the one thing that I've learned from you, Chelsea, is that um, even if you're not feeling it, do it, right? And this is a big thing that I've learned with coaching people, especially people who are achievers, what happens is we feel that we, we, we believe, many people believe in their heart of hearts that they have to feel something to do something. And that's not the case, I've found. Um, you can feel one way and do something else. You could take the opposite action. Many times I feel unmotivated, upset, uh, not content. I don't want to say or do the right thing. Sometimes I feel like I want to just burn it all to the ground. I, I, I said that's something, and, you know, the other day, I, I said that to a friend of mine. I said, you know what? I feel like I just want to burn this whole thing to the ground, like these relationships that I do, because things were not working out the way that I thought that they were. Now, what did I do? Honestly, I called up the people, and I was loving and kind. I was direct. I was direct, but I wasn't an asshole, you know? And I, and I think now, did I want to be? Yes. I really, in my heart of hearts, I really did. I felt it. I wanted to do, but I took opposite action. So this belief that you have to somehow, that, that you have to somehow feel good to do good. Isn't it, that, that has not been my experience. My experience has been that I could feel whatever way that I feel, but do good, do the right thing, play full out. And the feeling of that comes to me later. Sometimes it doesn't come to me. For me, it's a spiritual piggy bank, right? I have to do the actions, even though I don't feel the actions. And then through doing the actions, I then will get the feeling of, the, of it at a later point sometime. So that, that has been my experience. And anything that you'd like to uh, add here before we go to Polly? Um, yeah, actually, I, I do want to echo what you said because it's so important. When we're not in a good space, you know, emotionally, whatever may be going on in our lives, we go into the knee-jerk reaction. And it's usually something negative, right? It's not, oh, I'm just so happy to listen to whatever, right? And so, but at the same time, doing what you just described Damon, okay, saying it out loud, it's okay to verbalize, you know, and I'm, I feel like doing whatever. And then say, okay, now I'm going to go and show up. I'm going to go do the right thing. And the more we do that, the more the right thing becomes normal. It's, it's, it's a learned behavior. You know, and I'll, I'll give you an example. Well, my late husband and I, when I first, when we first got together, um, I had like a few years of sobriety. He had a few years of sobriety, but we had very different styles. So when we started to argue, uh, I was, I'm the fiery person, you know, he, he was just like, honey, um, I want to hear what you have to say, but not while you're yelling at me. 
I'm going to go take a walk. When I come back, I want to sit down and listen to you. And you know what? I had to learn how to count to whatever it is. I had to learn to calm down because interacting the way I was, was not giving me the result I was looking for. I wanted to be heard. And for him to hear me, I had to calm down to have a conversation with him. So what happened after a while, I started, whenever I was feeling over the edge with something, I didn't let it get to a place where, you know, uh, I had to come back down just to be able to communicate. I moved my bottom of communication, if you will, before it got way too heated up, because again, the result that I wanted was for him to hear me. And so, and you know, I had to new behavior. And I just wanted to kind of echo that because Damon, what you did is exactly that. And I find myself doing that all the time. It's like, I'm feeling frustrated. I'm doing this. I know they don't appreciate it, but like, okay, that's not going to get me the result. But I do give myself the space to just vent you know, whether it's just with me or maybe calling somebody who may want to, you know, listen and maybe give me a different perspective, but it's never just a, you know, I just want to just be negative. It's like, well, who can I talk with? Who can maybe give me a different perspective? And that always helps too. So uh, with that, I'm going to hand it back over to you, Damon. I love it. I love what you're saying. Yes. I think, you know, being able to express to yourself out loud, to somebody that you're working with, to a, a partner, to a friend group, that you're upset about something that you're bothered, I think is really, it is the key, you know, cause you don't want to bottle that up at the same time. And, you know, I talk a lot about coaching, not sticking out, not hanging out at the crime scene. You know, once you put the chalk line on, you understand what's gone on. You understand what your role was in it. Uh, once you have analyzed what you need to analyze to get out of there, to have your best recovered life, uh, leave, uh, you know, for me, um, I'm very empathic. I don't come across very empathic, Anne, but I am very empathic. Uh, I feel things at a very, very deep level, even though I've developed over the years of having more of a gruff exterior. I'm not, I'm not really like that. Right. So for me, I have to be careful if I'm around negative people all the time, you know, um, I get sucked into it and I start waking up feeling bad. Right. And so for me, you know, especially in early recovery, I had to do a uh, I didn't have to do a physical detox. That was hard enough. I had to do an emotional and mental detox by just putting into my subconscious and into my life positive things, because if I hang out at the crime scene, I'll end up killing killing myself. That, that that has happened time and time and time again. So I think, you know, having that great attitude and seeking out people like we have here on Recovered Life that are positive, that are doing the deal, they're playing full out. That's what it's about. Speaking of that, we have one of these people in the discussion right now. Paulie, how you doing? Good to see you. Good to see you, Damon. Good to see everybody, man. Thank you, Damon and Ann, for having this space. Great topic, great thing shared, uh, really inspiring. Uh, for me, in recovery and in life in general, I was really confused about happiness, right? I mean, that's all I wanted for years. That's, I just want to be happy, you know? And that's why drugs and alcohol, by the way, I'm Paulie. I'm a recovering alcoholic and drug addict and grateful uh, and living with ADHD and codependency. And I do work in this field. One of the, uh, one of the challenges was 
separating happiness from pleasure, right? Because what I was really chasing was pleasure. I just wanted to feel good all the time, which is impossible. You know, I live here in Wisconsin. We've had a very cold spring and it's been sort of depressing, but today it is like 70 something degrees, which to us, to me, is like fabulous after spending so many days and weeks and months in zero and 40 and whatever. So the point is, is sometimes I need those. I had to understand that I had to go through the challenges to really feel the pleasure or the happiness. Uh, you know, and what was the difference? Happiness for me is a is a sense of contentment, and it comes that sense of contentment comes from a sense of purpose. You know, whether it's people, places, things, uh, those are all vehicles that can help bring me pleasure. They can also bring pain, and everything has a price. Right. So understanding for me to understand everything has a price. What what price am I willing to pay? Is it financial? Is it my time? What is it to gain? And what am I getting? Am I after pleasure? Am I avoiding pain? You know, but and as I work through all that, I found this sense of contentment. When I work with individuals, it's the same thing. I said, where do you find contentment? What do you love to do? For, for, for continuously and feel good. And for me, it was family time, right? It was being and working with and around other people, right? I also mean, I honor you, Damon, for taking time out with your kids uh, to be with them. I did the same thing. And I realized that I love being a father. I love being a husband. I love family. It gives me structure. It gives me purpose. And all the people I know that really succeed in recovery and really get it, they find purpose, whether it's family, whether it's their job. It doesn't. Everybody has different purposes. And then when I went through my divorce, it was the darkest time of my life because I had lost my purpose and I had to find a whole new purpose because I no longer was a father. I was no longer a husband. Eventually, I had the opportunity to remarry and start in a second family. And, it, and you know, that's so learning what brings you contentment for me. And, and when I walk with and work with other people, it's like, where do you find contentment? Maybe you find contentment. Maybe chasing the business deal is contentment for you that you could do that all day long. Then that's great. That's your personality. Uh, maybe you're contentment is doing artwork and really getting deep into what that is. Well, that's great. Maybe it's being of service to others, whatever, you know, but that, that's where I, you know, I, I, sh I share with people and, and, and send people to really take that time to find out what brings you contentment. And then the rest of the time we're just, for me, once again, is understanding I'm either chasing pleasure or I'm trying to avoid pain. And, and thankfully in recovery and programs and places like this, I get to discuss that stuff, work through it. And then I find those moments of bliss and after I get to the other side. So thank you so much for having this space and sharing this information with us. You guys have a wonderful day. I'm Paulie, I'm complete. Oh gosh. Uh <laughs> I was kind of waiting for you, Damon. Uh, you wanna, you wanna go? I can. Wait. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Ann. Uh, yeah, Paulie. I just, I wanna spotlight what you said. I think it's so, so, so important. Understanding: Are we chasing 
pleasure or avoiding pain? Well, the question is, it's very interesting. I've asked this of a lot of people. Are you motivated by pain or pleasure? Because whenever we take action, it's usually, okay, uh, enough is enough. I've hit bottom with this. I don't want this anymore. I need to change things. It's that, or you know what? I want to feel good. What do I, what do I need to do to feel good? And, you know, it, it doesn't make a difference which one it is, but knowing what motivates us, is it pain or is it pleasure? And I can tell you in the past, um, I was chasing to feel good, but it was to avoid the pain I was in. So I was trying to get out of pain by trying to figure out what's going to make me feel better. But having some tools and resources and evolving over the years, now I'm motivated by pleasure because I don't let myself sit in pain too long. As soon as I'm feeling pain, I'm like, okay, let's get out of here. What's not right? What's not working? What do I need to change? But now it's like, what's going to make me happier? And so that's just so important, everybody. So think about it. Are you motivated by pain or pleasure? What's driving your actions? So I'll toss it back over to you. Oh, Damon, what motivates you, pain or pleasure? I think but I think both does. I think pain motivates me more, if I'm going to be honest with you. Like uh, not wanting to be in pain sometimes will motivate me to do it. Um, you know, one thing I do know for sure, Anne, is that, you know, the people in this group, we typically are the people who are the most comfortable with pain because we've been through pain, we've recovered, right? So we understand what that's all about. Uh, so we have a deep reservoir to be able to go through things. So if you're in recovery and you ever think, man, I can't handle what's going on, you know, look at your life. You probably can. Christine, good to see you. Uh, how do you, Christine, uh, are you happy? Uh, what do you do to make yourself happy? <laughs> Such a loaded question. <laughs> um, but I like it. I was just wandering around Clubhouse and um, wasn't quite sure what we were talking about until you all shared. And I stuck into this group because my son just went through um, a rehab recovery. And I'm just trying to learn all about what that looks like and how I can help and understand his process. So I, I love being listening in. Um, but I've had, um, I've had a lot of pain in my life just differently than that. I've had cancer, a lot of chemotherapy. Um, I have a fused arm, bad doctor. And so I've had 23 non-elective, really painful and life-changing surgeries. And, and uh, <clears throat> that's definitely fueled me to want to serve and help other people through their pain. But I think I would define happiness. I think what your question was, is absolutely family. Um, that's at the top of my list, but my kids are grown and they have their own lives and my ex, soon to be ex-husband is doing his thing. And, and so that's kind of a con conflict in my life right now, but um, I definitely get happiness from my faith. I get happiness from God and just pouring into my faith. I get happiness from, you know, um, inspiring other people with my story. I do a lot of interviews and um, I would say that um, my story has definitely helped some other people get through their trauma just with the courage that I show. So that gives me happiness. Um, but none of that is, a lot of that is, uh, let me rephrase that, a lot of that is conditional. And I, I think that that's a really dangerous uh, 
place to put our happiness is in, you know, how you can, if you inspire other people or if you're with your children. So I'm trying to work that out in my life right now. Like, okay, well, you know, if I'm rooted in faith and, and that's where my happiness comes and that's a safer, that's not quicksand. But if I'm rooted in like my kids and my kids fall apart, or if I'm rooted in my marriage and my marriage falls apart, if I, but if, and if I'm rooted in inspiring and I'm not inspiring people or then, you know, you have to, you have to be rooted on something that won't be taken away. And so that's why I try to stay rooted in faith and in, in kind of pouring into that versus, you know, other worldly things. So I, I hope that that's what I'm doing, like, because happiness is a, is a tricky thing, right? I mean, we can get caught up in this world and all the craziness and the chaos and loneliness and a lot of things going on right now in our world. And it can be frightening. So that's how I try to root myself in, in faith and in um, planting myself in God. I'm Christine and thank you for listening. Thank you so much, Christine. That was great. Thank you. Service definitely is a way that makes me happy. You know, um, you know, it's funny because, you know, I, I thought that the the absolute reverse when I got into recovery, I felt that, well, if I could, okay, I got to somehow do something to be able to create a life. Right. And I thought that it was more the people, places and things. I kept going deeper into my own recovery and realizing that it's not the people, places, and things, but the world tells you it's the people, places, and things, so you find your own path. But I think at the at being the most unhappy in my life, if I look back, um, the breakthroughs it, that I realized that when I was the happiest, I would ask I'd ask this question. One of the big, huge breakthroughs I had in my life is I asked myself in my life, when was I the most happy? And then I wrote down those situations and it was interesting when I started to do that, when I got coached to do that and I started to make that happen and started to write that list, what I found was, is that the car, the house, the businesses, the deals, they weren't anywhere really on that list, right? And the ones and the things that had to do with that, um, it was much more about the people that I was around. And what it came out was is the times that I was the happiest in my life, I was being the most of service. I was also around people who were dynamic and doing the most service, right, that they could. And I had to then go back and restitch my life. I had to let things go, which is a big thing that, you know, I do in coaching with clients is, is most of it is not obtaining anything. You know, one of the things that I always say is, um, is that, you know, recovery is not a self-improvement process. It's a self-abandonment process. It's about letting go of things that we think all the time that are not true, right? But we believe them. And even if we don't believe them, we act on them. And it brings us misery. It's about letting go. It's about self-abandonment, letting go of self. And that's really what this is all about with Unstuck, right? Every week we gather here, it's really about that. It's about being, it's, it's about finding places that we're stuck in life and finding out what do we need to let go of? And most of that is expectation. Um, I would like to invite everybody to join Recovered Life. We have a brand new technology partner, Volley, uh, that we just absolutely love. And we've been switching the community over to Volley. It's a turn by turn 
uh, video and audio sharing app. It's very similar uh, to where we do the recovery life discussions here on Clubhouse, except for it doesn't happen in real time. It can happen when you want it. And people are really saying it's like a home group in their pocket because literally they can face-to-face -face have discussions with people. And it's it's very similar to text messaging, but it's it's better in my opinion because you see people face-to-face -face, and that's what we really need in recovery. So I would encourage you to, if you're already a member of Recovered Life, we'll contact you. If not, you can just click the link above and you could see a little thing, just join. It's totally for free. Uh, Christina Dennis and I, my uh, partner and recovery coach, we put out a ton of free content. So if you're struggling with an addiction, if you've been sober for a long period of time and you just want to live a better recovered life, this is I, I really think that you'll get a lot of benefit from that uh, community. So please join. It's 100% free. It takes less than a minute to join. Um, I also wanted to mention too, guys, um, if you need some help, if you need to get unstuck, um, I have an offer that I'm doing right now for the people in the unstuck room in the Recovered Life community. I am coaching people doing high-performance recovery coaching. And what that basically means is we find an area that you want to change in your life and we work on that. I'm giving away one week of intensive coaching, uh, which is a massive financial value. Um, and it's very, very, very effective. Um, if you want that, I'm giving a couple away. I'm gonna give two away this week. Um, all you have to do is go to info.recoveredlife.us. Just click the link above, find my picture, and you can just set up a call real quick. And we'll get on the phone, find out one thing that you wanna change. And we're going to work together for a week to make that happen. Much of what we talked about today is accountability, guys. It really is about accountability. It's about having somebody that can help you define, yep, this is what I want. Yep, these are the actions I need to take. And yep, I'm going to do those actions, right? That's really the process. It's, it's really not any more complicated than that. But sometimes it's hard to do it by yourself alone. It's hard to make yourself accountable and to also get clear about what you really want and I've got a great process to be able to do that quickly. And um, thank you so much. I love you. You know, Anne, I, I want to say I love your perspective on things because you 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 are always seem to be in a good mood. And I admire that. And every time I come to the unstuck room, man, I get up here and I'm like, sometimes I'm like, oh, I need a I need a second or third cup of coffee to get kind of motivated sometimes. And you're always, you know, the vibrance of your voice, you're always in a good mood. You always have something great to say. So I would like to thank you so much for co-modding with me. Do you have any thoughts about today's room? Any big takeaways? Oh, Damon. Well, thank you. No, I love co-modding this room with you every Thursday. And, you know, I'm, I'm also, you know, faced with a lot of challenges. But the difference is that, you know, I choose. And like we were talking about it today, exactly what we were talking about what do you need to be happy? What do you want? And it's okay to change your mind. You know, it's okay to change your mind. What What's going to make you happy? Just asking that question. Again, money, health, relationship, spirituality, break it down and just take one at a time and just one at a time is doable. Anyways, uh, yeah, the Love being in this room. Love the shares from you, Damon and Corey and Christine and Polly and uh, Christine. Oh my God, it, uh, Chelsea. I just Chelsea. I called you Christine. Anyways, uh, you guys, great shares and and uh, oh, 
love you guys in, in a listening lounge. And, you know, most of you could just come up with great shares all the time, too. So really love being in this room. Damon, thank you. And uh, I'm, I'm going to hand the mic back over to you. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, thank you for coming to the Unstuck Room. We're going to continue this conversation in the Recovered Life community on Volley. I'm going to be in the. I'm going to be posting in the random channel in uh, in Volley in the next ten minutes here about happiness. Uh, I'd love to hear your volleys back. I'd love to hear your thoughts back. We're going to keep this conversation going. Sometimes we keep these conversations going for a week or so, and uh, it's really great because we could dive a little deeper than just the hour that we have together here. Uh, guys, also please uh, like and share uh, and follow the room. Uh, if you wanna put a little good comment, that is always very helpful. We love to bring exclusive, really good content, high-level content to you um, and high-level discussions. That's what it's all about. Uh, so I'd like to thank everybody for joining us on Unstuck and we'll see you next week, same time, same place. Thanks so much. Keep the conversation going. Join Recovered Life, a community of like-minded people who are looking to live their best recovered lives. Membership is free, and you can apply at recoveredlife.us.